Right. Oh, really? Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are live from the path. And you're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming to you from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. Hey, you seen that AI-generated art with the biblical scenes? I, oh, I saw I saw an article about that, but I didn't read it. Okay. It's, it's pretty cool. Like this AI-generated art, they're like, here's what you think angels look like. And they show a bunch of Renaissance paintings or whatever. And they're like, here's AI-generated art. And these angels and wings. are epic. The dude with the wheel is super cool. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's pretty boss. You should check it out. Huh. It's probably biblically inaccurate. Don't be like holding Thanks. me to some kind of theological point on this thing. But like, these angels are epic for sure. And like the fire coming down. Yeah. Like uh, when they're le- when you lead them out of Egypt. Oh, it's cool. Do not be afraid. Yeah. It's like, oh, I think I'm going to be afraid. I'd be afraid. You were a terrifying, yeah. monstrous creature. Okay, good. Way to kick it off. You're listening to Life from the Path. Here's what we got going on the show. Uh, this oh, shoot, we're, just, we're just looking at Mike. Just heavy. Okay. Heavy this is from Ben. Way to kick it off. This is, uh, uh, this is show five hundred and a half. Woo! Yeah, so I I don't know I, I can't remember what happened. It wasn't great. Whatever happened last week, uh, we recorded a show and then uh, there was uh, there were audio problems and uh, anyway we, we're just not uh, we're not doing it. So I'm not releasing that one. Oh, Maybe yeah. I'll... I remember Ben yelled at the room for having bad ideas. The room deserved it. I, I'm gonna rescue. Oh, I do remember that. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm gonna rescue that clip and uh, and send it out. But uh, anyway. So, uh, so technically, uh, I feel like for what we're going to release, this is show uh, 500. Yay! So, yay. Congratulations, Woo! everybody. Okay. Yay. I wish I wouldn't open with that AI burner. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. You know, yeah, that meant... was a real 501 move there. <laughs> Par for the course. Uh, okay. Anyway, so let's. Uh, here's what we got going on the show uh, this evening. Wait, would you had something? We yes, talk- I did have something. Okay, what was you're, it? You're killer. It's a game. Killer, Ben. Way to kick oh, it off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, we, we talked for so long. We had technical problems, and so we've talked for so long, I forgot the stuff we were going to talk about. Okay, Troy has a new uh, a new game. What's the game? Uh, this game is uh, New Age Christian Church or a weed store. I'm going to <laughs> say a name of a place, and you guys have to tell me whether or not you think it's a weed shop Woke or, weed. or you think it's a New Age Church name. <laughs> this is gonna be great. <laughs> I, I uh, driving across the country, uh, you, you see a lot. Of, you see a lot of names of both weed shops and churches, and then they start to blend together, like uh, like, like in billboards in Texas. Like yeah. start, it really is all the same thing. And so uh, it, it just yeah, you start to realize, hey, that could be a church or that could be a weed shop. Yeah. And so we're gonna figure out if we can be discerning to figure out if the weed shop names are great or if the church names are rough or vice versa. You didn't come up with like a catchy name. What was it, Dan? Woker weed. Woker weed. Woker weed. Woker weed. Woke. Woke or weed. Weed. I got be. I'm, I'm gotta be real honest with you. I have no. I, I don't understand the definition of woke. I see. That's it all, ironic because we don't consider you woke. So it's I don't know what that means at all. I so just people safe. are like you're good. People are like you woke, and I'm like I don't know what that means. I feel like it's. Uh, I feel like it's okay for you not to know. I, I, I'm, you don't have to tell me. I just know that like it's a phrase that I've seen a thousand times, and I go, eh. Yeah. I just can't be bothered to look yeah. into it. You're woke. You're woke. You know about the culture and the things that are that are right in the way in, in the world. Like old people sometimes still have some some weird racism behind half the stuff they say. 
They're not woke. Oh. But if you're like a 18 year old kid that really understands the the intricacies of social understanding, ah. so almost you're woke. so everybody is asleep to the reality. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, Until I, you realize I, yeah. that, like, oh, actually, the drink you got at Starbucks was racist because uh, you ordered black coffee. Yeah. I don't want to be accused. Yeah, of that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's akin to Dan saying uh, you can be so open minded that your brain falls out. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna get to uh, we're gonna get to woke uh, woke church or weed woke church or weed store. Yes. Okay. I, I love it. We're gonna do that. Also, I got a couple articles for you today. So interestingly enough, there was an article in the Christian Post this week and said uh, evangelism myth number one: you have to build a relationship first. Ooh, I've been thinking about this lately. Okay. Okay, so we're going hit to the, hit that up, and then there's a new... Uh, Can I spread the gospel and not have to know anybody? <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Lord. <laughs> this, this answer will be dangerous for Mike, because then he's just going to take it as, I could totally stand on a corner with a sign. I don't have to freaking talk hey. to anybody as long as it's the Lord I'm talking. I'm going to tell you this. I, I have been, whatever I watch on uh, or look at it on the Facebook, they think I really want to listen to street preachers. And like... <laughs> Every one of these is not about a guy sharing the gospel. Every one of these is about the street preacher arguing with the police as to whether he can amplify his voice on the street corner. Like, and they're like, and I have every right to be here. What, and so what, here's what's interesting is that like they're all headlined that like street preacher takes on police. I'm like, what? Well, this yeah. is this is what we're talking about. Like, <laughs> he's panhandling. He's he's illegal. Here's the deal. I'm actually super – I'm interested in the types of conversations guys like that get into. And frankly, these the, they would show discussions with some people, and like they're pretty good. Like the, their apologetics work is pretty decent. Like it's interesting to hear random people and their com- – people's complaints about Christianity are always so shallow, right? You got burn, and, but this is why the evangelism question is an interesting one because they're going to tell me, hey, I don't have to have a relationship. Every one of these guys who are burned by, the, by uh, Christianity are burned by relationships. And so – uh, but interesting, it's just interesting that, like, there's a lot of people who, like, go to the mat to defend that the street preacher can go on there and that his religious freedom shouldn't be infringed, who don't really value the message nor live it out. They're more fighting it as, as a forum to say— as a liberty issue. Yeah, take that, no. police. I'm like, I, I, again, Police don't run us. Can we get the right thing the right thing, you know? Ah, copper. Anyway. <laughs> hey, yeah. Is it true that cop means constable on patrol? I'm not sure, but you're responsible for Nathaniel, and that's two demerits for what he said. I can't be responsible for that. You sat next to him. That's your problem. Fine. You knew it when he looked, walked yeah, in. See? Yeah. Ah, copper. Yeah. I, I carry You'll never catch me. I'm a straight beard preacher. Doggone it anyway. Uh, what? Really? So, how much is a busking license? Would that, is, would that save the street pe- preacher? Uh, no, the problem, the, uh, the, the uh, issues were around sound amplification. Uh, like... It's one thing to preach out on the street corner. It's a second to bring a megaphone. <laughs> I feel like buskers bring amps, though. Um, the, well, they can. So, like, generally, there's like a decibel question. Is, oh, is okay. Uh, and normal conversation is X. You're probably you're generally allowed to be like I don't know, ten, twenty percent yeah. above normal conversation. Whisper into your megaphone, sir. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Evangelism myth number one: You have to full colon. You have to uh, build a relationship first. I hear it again and again. So many Christians think they can't share the gospel until they've built a strong friendship with someone over time. And earned the right to be heard. They subconsciously bought Satan's lie that the power to save is in the strength of their relationship with the person they're seeking to reach. When do we get a rebut? Hold on, you got It's not. Oh, hold on. You got to wait. You got to wait for his uh for the home run. Okay. The power is in the message, not the messenger. It didn't matter that Jesus said it. He didn't say that part. I I, I had lived. This is why the Apostle Paul described the gospel as the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. 
Building a deep relationship with the unreached people we know is important. It creates opportunities to share the gospel naturally along the way. But many Christians end up waiting and waiting for just the right time that never actually comes. Of course, this doesn't mean we should be pushy, but we should be intentional with every relationship and every conversation. We should look for that natural fork in the road in every conversation to turn it towards spiritual things. Oh, boy. (laughs) This could come by simply, I'm going to find that I'm probably going to agree with this man more than I want to and then disagree with him strongly on the other side of it. This could come by simply asking questions such as, is there anything I can be praying for you about or do you happen to go to church anywhere? I've asked questions. That's yeah, not the gospel message. <laughs> um, I've I've asked questions like these to open countless gospel conversations with friends and strangers alike. Some people start sharing their prayer requests or spiritual background right away. Others don't. Either way, I want to try to take the gospel conversation as far as it can go without unnecessarily turning that person off. But it's been my experience that most people are open to talking about God and their spiritual beliefs when approached in genuine kindness, authenticity, and humility. Of course, not everyone puts their faith in Jesus on the spot, but my goal is to, at the minimum, Nudge them that much closer to faith in Christ. Okay, so the messenger doesn't matter unless it's you. Is that what that was saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let, let me let's start this way. What do you th- what can you agree with this person about so far? I think we do hold off on uh, talking about spiritual things, like where God belongs in a conversation. Where you would like, if I was talking to you fellas, I would mention God whenever God needs to come up, right? Like where He's at in my life, blah blah yeah. blah, all that stuff. When I edit that out of my conversations with other people, because I know they're not Christians, I think that's uh, doing them a disservice. Okay. Yeah, the message of Jesus, the, the, the good news of the gospel, can be told to a complete stranger. There's power in it. There's okay. absolute power in the message of the gospel. Okay. Okay, good. I, I would say I would agree that um, most people are open to talking about God and their spiritual beliefs when approached in genuine kindness, authenticity, and humility, um, but like not in the context of rando. Like I'm not sure. Um, I think there has to be something there, um, but I do. But I do. I do think that we sometimes work off a presumption that people are closed off to something that they're not necessarily closed off to. We just presume that, and so behave as if that's the case. And I think that does otherwise stop people from sharing uh, or hearing the gospel because we kind of presume that they had it all figured out. And I think vast majority of people obviously do not haven't put that much thought into it. The the messenger definitely matters. Right, like Paul was a huge example. Right, like God said, I'm going to show you what I'm gonna, the things that you're going to sacrifice for this. Right, like and 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 people were astonished by him when he showed up. Aren't you the guy that was dragging everybody to jail? Weren't you the guy that stood by and watched Stephen get killed? Weren't you that guy? Right, and then for him to say, "Brothers, listen, this is the deal," and then and then and then share the gospel with them. Like it matters that it was Paul. It totally it totally does matter. Like in, in people's either the, the story of the thing that God has got you through or the relationship that you currently have with people, right? That is your actual in. That is the way the conversation will happen. Like the that's why the street preacher route is so tough, right? Like you're like, you tell me all these things like I'm going to uh, like turn or burn or I've got to hand my life over to Jesus. You don't even know me. You don't even know what I'm involved in. You don't know what I've been through. And you're like, great. I would love to know you because uh, God wants to deal with all those things, right? But like. It only starts to matter to people when it gets down to a relationship level, and it can't. You can't actually speak into their lives if you don't know them at all. Now you can just straight up preach, though, right? Because that's the thing is, like, if you look at the 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 Book of Acts, right? They're just going from town to town, but they go to a synagogue where preaching is meant to be most of the time, right? They start in the synagogue and they preach, you know, and then like when they do preach, like they it's Paul tunes his message to the people that he's talking to. 
right? So there still is aspects of relationship in there. It's not just like a cold delivery and, well, I gave you the facts. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. Even Paul was spending a lot of time with those people and like building those kind of relationships, be able to have those conversations though, right? Yeah. It's, it's That's what discipleship is. Right. I mean, it, it's, we're called to make disciples. We're not called to make converts. And, and that's where, and that's a different philosophy, but, but, uh, Everything we're called to do is to disciple people, which in requires some yeah. sort of relationship. It, it's you know Jesus said follow me, and he had guys follow him for three years, and I mean it wasn't like okay you got ten minutes you're done I got I got a new group tomorrow. Yep, it it, it was a continuation. Do you think I mean, we err on on like we err on the side of not bringing it up? Is that what he's trying to get to? Yeah, I, I think there is something right about that. That like we get um well. Uh, we get we we kind of stink at the discipleship piece, and then we're afraid of the what what he would call right. evangelism piece. I, I actually I, I think it's unnecessary to to make some distinctions right. in there. Um, we just need to be better disciple makers mm-hmm. and and recognize that it's a process to make disciples. Like how how you get to know them. Don't you're not hiding the fact that you're a Christian. I think this is some of the things where I, I've taken issue in if it feels like churches are not up front with what they believe because they're waiting for the right time to spring it on you. I feel like you're also a bad friend slash human to do the same thing. Like if, if you're a follower of Jesus and it would naturally come up, it should naturally come up. And so like, don't basically don't be disingenuous with folk. Um, because, because I do, here's the risk. And this is, this tends to be in certain like Christian circles, but like, I think you do, um, you, you, you point them to what you win them with. And so like, if you, if we because we have a disciple making issue, we have a depth problem within the church. People are getting information and then they're bailing because they didn't actually meet relationship King Jesus. They got a set of facts that seemed compelling at the moment, and then they got competing facts, got confused and bailed. And so, like, I, I like the effectiveness and long term following of Jesus, where people are like sticking in and out of lives with accusations and and kind of what they feel like good news. I think to, it has done that with people, but like that's anecdotal. Like the the permanence in relationships of people who come to Christ not through some sort of relational perspective, but instead as a set of facts that's been handed out to them by a stranger. I'm like, it it happens, but I don't know if that's the broad story of the gospel, nor is it how God has interacted with every other person that brought his his message. Prophets, Jesus, pick one. Humans interacting with other humans with messages from God or on God's behalf. Those are that's implicitly relational. Otherwise, he would just write it in the sky. <laughs> I was gonna say there's like Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and then maybe two or three other stories where it's like run up to the dude, get the story of Jesus, get baptized, and the Lord just takes him away. Philip teleports. Even that was relational though. Think of the Ethi- the, the eunuch is reading scripture right, and he's yes. going, How can like someone needs yeah, to explain this. this to me? Right. He didn't just go like like <laughs> on the road, right? He, well, to this point, he didn't read Isaiah and go, "I understand all of this." That the preaching is relational in that way, and so like I, I just, it's just, I, I, I understand what he's fighting for, and I think we need a push in some of these areas. I would just be cautious on on separating that. I agree that the message is powerful, but Jesus, like God, chose messengers in this way, and so I just, I'm, I'd be cautious about what it looks like for us to just basically gospel dump. Throw dead cats over walls and goes. I hope it well, works and, out. Well, and it depends on what your what your aspect, what you think the gospel is, right? Like that's a great question to ask somebody. Is what like especially Christians? Like, what do you think the good news actually is? Mm-hmm. You know, but like God chose messengers to even deliver that to us, right? Like the Book of Matthew's crafted 
right? It's not just a like a straight recording of the of like two days worth of stuff, right? Like it's crafted. The stories are put together for a reason. Same with the book of Luke and Mark. Like that whole Bible is put together by humanity through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And so like messengers are still crafting the way that you're taking in the gospel. Yeah. And so like it's not just a, you know, I, and I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's proposing that. You know, like a like a, a bland, you know, just drop off of the gospel and run. Um but still it, it it is all relational. It is all tuned to the audience, right? It's why you have four gospels, right? Yep. Like they're they're written towards different people for different reasons. You also it, the variable of how much time you're spending with someone doesn't necessarily have as much weight as just loving on people. Like you can love on somebody hardcore in a 30 minute conversation and they can feel the love of Jesus from that and then see that there's some real stuff to it. The same way you can love on somebody by, you know, showing up and being a pen pal for somebody for 10 years or always being at the homeless shelter when the same guy comes in and making certain he's got deodorant, right? Right. Like, it, it it doesn't necessarily have to be it's only a short amount of time or it's only a long amount of time. It's just like it, you keep bringing love. And also, you're not the only person that God may have talking to that person. Like you may be the one hit where you run into Jerry and you love on Jerry. You make sure he's got food and, you know, give him a shirt off your back, whatever. And then Jerry runs into 15 more people over the next 10 years. And God's just orchestrated it all to where every one of those little quick hits was someone realizing, dude, my my life has been rough, and one of the only constants that has existed is my terrible choices and people of Jesus loving me. Like those are the only two things that have been constant in this whole deal. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that's one of the key focus areas here. Then is like just just don't be disingenuous about it, right? Like, yes, if it's a, if you got a half an hour, like be be you. Um, and like I I do think sometimes we pull back on sharing good news about Jesus because we're worried about what it's going to do. I think we got to let some of that go. Like, yeah. uh, what have we talked about this? I think a ton, but like, I just don't think it's the Christian's job to, to psychoanalyze everybody. I think the good news is universal. Uh, I think the themes of what God is after most people, like people generally do recognize. I think they struggle. Like what it means to them, I think is a relational issue, but like, I don't, I really don't think people are going to be um, traumatically affected um, if you, you try to present the gospel wrong, unless you try to look at them and go, well, a little, little dash of this, little dash of that, let me see what hits them. Like, just be yourself, let the gospel be what it's going to be. Um, but I would say it probably is occurring more naturally than we're allowing it to because I think we are holding it back, and I think that's a risk. Well, a lot of our, our worry about the whole we have to build a relationship with somebody before we can do this may be because, well, what if they, they like just freak out about the message because it, it, it's, it angers them or whatever, when most of the time the ang- – well – the anger that they feel towards Christianity or towards God and stuff like that may rarely be actual anger towards God. It may just be towards people that suck, that that have claimed to represent him for a long time. Yeah. And again, like you said, it's not our job for psychoanalysis there. Like, we don't need to look into the traumas of their life and go, oh, you dealt with this as a 15-year-old and a youth pastor. And when you were 22, you went to a church and they kicked you out, blah, blah, blah. There's still message or there's still power in the message of God in a one hit just the same way as there is power in the message of God building that relationship yeah. with somebody. Yep. He continues, I remember speaker once during uh, once lecturing me at a youth leader event explaining to me how evangelism didn't work in the current culture. A crowd gathered as he went on and on telling me that people weren't open to hearing about Jesus unless a long-term relationship had first been built and firmly established over time. While I agreed that we must build relationships with people, I told him it's weird to bring Jesus up later in the relationships, not early on, that it's a bit disingenuous to do so. Okay, I agree with that part. Surprise! Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but that's Jesus. right. That's an unhealthy suppression, not necessarily. Yeah, I think suppression's the right word, right? Like there ain't nobody that that I've ever met 
that doesn't know I love Jesus. Not nobody. Right. Right. And I'm not walking around going, bless you, my son. Right. How can I pray for you today? He is risen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, hey, can you go grab that wrench? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, there's just a way that you carry yourself, the way that you interact with people, the way that you talk, the way that you look at the world. It should be really obvious that you love Jesus, right? You have to be hiding that. It's a little light of mine. You know what I'm saying? You're putting it under a bush. And here's the deal. To to try and teach from the from the flip side, I've absolutely been the person that has hidden it completely. There have been so many people in my life that had no idea I knew Jesus. I was a bouncer for years. I've been a DJ in bars. I've done all that stuff. I've been in some really rough spots. I've been in, in crappy places and strip clubs, all that crap, man. Not a single one of them knew that I love Jesus. And you can bet that if I ever decided to flip on and try and talk to them about Jesus, I looked like a fool. I looked like a flat idiot, the most fake, I mean, bullcrap Jesus that I was trying to peddle. They just didn't believe. You can't talk to somebody that you met up at a strip club and you've been buddies for two years, and then out of nowhere when you decided to flip yourself around, go, by the way, this whole time I have actually loved Jesus. Yeah. I just I, I didn't show you that because we've been in sin together. I was undercover. I, yeah, I was undercover. <laughs> Surprise. Like this is it's it 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 is the genuine nature of how you live this that has power yeah, right. here. You're and not, I screwed that up. God didn't mess that message up. I did. Yeah. My sin made that not possible. It wasn't that God's message wasn't strong enough to talk to the dude. If I would have went into a bar, tried to be a light there, and done something real, and been an honest Jesus man in that situation, God could have freaking punched through that. Now, he still can, but I hindered my own ability to talk to people about Jesus because I wasn't that sin. Yeah. We don't run stings. Right, like you're just there's no there's no operate. We're up front about the gospel, right? Like we're up front about the good news of Jesus Christ. Like Better you're be- never in an undercover sting where you reveal it later. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> DEA, I love Jesus. So, so he said, um, what we said actually he said after all, you naturally talk about what you love, and if we truly love Jesus, we can't help but talk about him early on. Okay, agreed. I also pushed back on his assertion that you can't just talk about Christ to random strangers you may encounter in everyday life. Okay, here's a big one. I pointed to Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Within a minute of meeting her, he had segued the conversation into a spiritual one. In a matter of minutes, she was on her way back to town to share her testimony with her fellow Samaritans. I will caution that Jesus cheats. Jesus cheats. Yep, that's what yeah. I was thinking. After he, he deduced her entire life and <laughs> right. told her things no one should know. Yeah. Did you know that I know about all the adultery that's going on? Don't life? you think all that was the big part of the seller? The fact that he goes, I know that you are not with your husband right now. In fact... You have all these husbands. That, and think about that. That like that's no earthly relational. That's I know something about yes. you that yeah. opens up yeah. your like that is not Only just Only the creator would know that stuff without that background and like months of figuring it out. She's not gonna give that information up. Right. Bad reference. Bad reference. Um I love I, you in spite of all this stuff. As well, this I speaker and I bantered back and forth, a crowd of youth leaders grew. They were locked into our conversation because they had felt the same tension in their hearts when it came to evangelism. I finally said, Okay, I have a challenge for you. Let's you and I go out to the streets of Pittsburgh, where we were, and just talk to people for an hour about Jesus. I'll do all the talking. You can stand by my side and silently pray for them. We'll see how willing people are to talk about Jesus. It was a flat-out dare, which was fitting because I'm the—okay, I don't care. He's going to prop his ministry. The youth leaders gathered around us, starting chanting, do it, do it, do it. This sounds like a real frat house. Wow. (laughs) After this article, we'll talk about why people don't want to be part of your evangelism ministry. Um, But this leader was not willing to put his theory to the test. And everyone was clapping. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I've evangelized friends, family, neighbors, and strangers for 45 years. Some I had a relationship with. Others I met on a plane, in a gym, or at a restaurant and engaged them in a conversation. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with this actually at all. Um, but that's like – they're natural conversations. Yes. 
Um, Jesus told us that our primary mission is to go and make disciples of all nations. This assumes that we take the initiative. Are you? Are you praying for an opportunity to share the gospel every single day? Are you seeking to turn your everyday conversations toward Jesus? If not, start today. I actually don't ag- disagree with that either. Right. I think we should be doing that. Yes. Um, for help in sharing your faith and love, check out my five-minute crash course okay. on how to share the gospel with anyone, anywhere, at any time. That's and me. He, he and runs daretoshare.org. The hard, the hard work is, is presenting the gospel to somebody and then helping them realize what that looks like in their life. Right? That is a lifetime worth of behavior and a lifetime worth of understanding, like new perspective. It's not even new. A grander and deeper perspective of what this relationship looks like, right? What, tell me that you found a guy that you, you told him who Jesus was and what the good news is, and then you walked with him as he went through stages of life. That, my friend, that is some discipleship making, right? Like, I, I, I'm not saying that he's not, like, I think Ben's right. Like, it's, we're saying that, like, if you're under the impression that a long-term relationship has to exist before you bring up Jesus, then you're hiding, you're suppressing the good news in your life. That's foolish. But, like, it's super easy to dump the gospel on people and then walk away, right? And maybe you're not in charge of, like, walking hand-in-hand with a thousand people as they get to know Jesus. But, like, that's, that's where the work is. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, can read, I can read Acts and then go out and preach right now <laughs> and just nail, like, and, and look at the way Stephen did it and Paul. They both just retold the Old Testament. That's how they present the gospel <laughs> to people. They're like, here's what happened to us. And then, and then here's Jesus. He showed up as promised, and then we're free of all this. Because they've heard those stories every day, right? What do you think? Like, what a re- what a relational approach. Like, it's a, it's a quick relationship. Right. Like, but here's what we have in common. Yep. We're all claiming to be Jews. So here's the deal, you know. And then he nails it. So, so I I think it's I don't know. It feels like evangelism just for evangelism's sake, right? Not practical, looking people in the eye, knowing them, and and letting the gospel impact their life. Yeah, the, he's kind of missing the point that like may, maybe Paul shows up and preaches, but then he hangs around for three years. <laughs> yeah, like, comes back and, when and there's he can. a church. Yeah, and then and, sends and, Timothy if he can't. Yeah, he's in exactly. Ephesus. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in Ephesus forever. Right. The Bible gives it like a paragraph. Yeah. Here, yeah. I'm giving you Aphroditicus because I can't be there. But here you go. Right. So I mean, you 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 present the gospel, but you do it in the context of of relationship uh, of. Of I don't want to say doing life together. That seems so cliche, but but of uh, being involved in a person's life. Yes, and and a gospel just comes out because that's what you believe. You're you're a, a Jesus person, so you don't. And it's not gimmicky. Sometimes the the evangelism feels gimmicky to me. You know, here's my quick five minute. You know, get these tips and and you're selling something. It's like ah, you're not selling anything other than hey, do you want to have a better life? Yes, that's right. You know, you do you want to have all your sins forgiven? Yeah, yeah. Do you want eternity? Yeah. Do you, do you want do you want everything God wants for you? But yeah. Well, hang out with me. I'll show you. Right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think that's the the well, and and it's very difficult to judge um, whether people. It's the same same issue with like um, so, some some we talked about earlier, just like church gatherings. Like, are you are we winning them toward a healthy deep? commitment to a king jesus and a, and a and good news that actually changes your life or are, are we looking for moments uh where we like we we talk to him for five minutes and then like we feel oh yeah i shared the gospel they accepted christ i'm like ah, it's it's actually you know what makes me uncomfortable is you go to christian concerts and like they'll go oh, yeah we were just in wisconsin and like 38 people gave their life to jesus and like yeah maybe they did <laughs> maybe they did 
but like I, I just I'd be I'm just so yeah. cautious about creating people. It feels it feels harder to me that once someone says yes, they get on a high about it and then they bail. It feels like it's twice as hard mm -hmm. to reconnect them back to Jesus. It's because like I tried that. Yeah, but it didn't that, work. Yeah, wasn't that the same thing they did at Pentecost though? Like, didn't Pentecost happen and then they immediately go like, we counted ten thousand of the number towards Jesus? Yeah. So what's interesting though is that like the the culture the culture is is different because their Pentecost was Jews. Right, like they're right, talking yes. to a bunch of gathered Jews yeah. who are like they yeah. have foundations. The law is no longer crushing you. <laughs> but, but think of it, they have foundations of already serving and loving Yahweh. Yeah, this was a this was something that opened their eyes to who Jesus was and what it meant for the future. But you weren't starting from scratch. Okay. they didn't yeah. have to be. You're not right. retraining. Yeah. yeah. Against the world. And then they hung out from day to day in the temple courts and continued right. teaching. Right. Yes. Until the great persecution and then as things started spreading. Is so, there yeah. – not, not to be contentious here, and I don't think I'm being – I'm just – maybe I'm showing a little bit of, of, of like biblical – Stupidity. Uh, stupidity. Immaturity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like is this not a conversation for like there are different parts of the body of Christ and then there's like different gifts that people are given that like you may be just the dude that shows up and, and talks one day – and then the Lord has other workers oh, that yeah. can be like, okay, well, I preached. Now you're a part of this. We got teachers who are going to continue to build you up. And we got people that are going to you know, speak into your life and help you here and prophesy what you're doing and stuff like that. Like, is this not a, a, a yes and situation as well in that light? Yeah. So I, I think that we talked about that, I think, in relationship to street to um, um, traveling evangelists. Uh -huh, right. Similarly. And, like, I, I think it is – the difficulty is is that, like, did you – did you assign yourself the role? Right? Did you say I'm right. the traveling preacher and that's how what God has has me doing? Thus, I'm not responsible for the depth. Cuz like who's not going to sign up for the uh I just say the thing and the and the glory that comes with the loud that's microphone. Easy Take right, the offering but does and God head out. Not do that with some people. Uh, well, so think of it if, if if to his point, Jesus says go forth and make disciples except for Chuck uh, Chuck just gets to go uh, and not have to make disciples. He just gets to like dump words on people. Now, do I think someone's? Do I think it's okay for uh, for to be traveling evangelists? Yes, I do. I think they're encouraging. That's just like I think missionaries, uh -huh. like here to there, there to here, are encouraging to people, and I think that's all right. Um, but but here's the question: if if there are differences in that among people. Who is who were who was that person to then look at me and go, "Hey, you should be doing more of my gift." Yeah, I I I, I couldn't okay. presume that, right? right. And yeah. so so it's the question is that like if I have to default to something, I'm going to take Jesus's words at it's holistically and say I'm supposed to make disciples. Is it possible that God has carved out certain people for limited engagements in things like that? I think it's possible, but I'd be real I'd be real um, cautious about. Um, trying to get other people to take that role through my prescription versus the prescription of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, no, agreed. I don't think that should ever be the situation. You should do all things through prayer and and allowing God to appoint things in our lives and, and stuff like that. So yes, um, yeah, no, agreed. I just I was just thinking through that and I, I was reading uh, Corinthians. I think it's First Corinthians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just started thinking about like the the different gifts that people are given and the different parts of the body and stuff like that. Like, is that part of this conversation as well? To say that some people do that kind of work, and then some people are teachers, some people do this stuff, some people are this part of the body. Yeah, I don't think either any of those things coming from Paul would restrict it to what this guy's talking about. Got it, okay. But, yeah. but here's the thing. I do think we have to contend with certain revival movements mm -hmm. where, like, like what you, they're just people preaching. Right. Straight up preaching. Uh, but I, but those are the same movements of which I have a caution of right. how deep is it? Did it persist? 
or did we sell it? But did we did we invite people into a moment that they got caught up in, and then it didn't it didn't yeah, stick because yeah. it didn't feel like real life anymore. It was it was a yeah. vacation. It was a vacation from a reality that rehit them without the foundation of who Jesus it's is. The same reason I have I have difficulty with the whole going off and doing a conference kind of thing because I can remember countless times going to a conference and I'm embarrassed at how many altar calls I showed up to, um, and how many times I gave my life to Jesus <laughs> and that stuff because I had heard a really good worship set and man those lights were cool. And then as a 13 year old I went yeah I'm on fire for God and went mm-hmm. straight back home and straight back to all the rough and nothing changed like not a single thing changed. But there are plenty of people who've done an altar call, altar call at a conference and like it changed their world. I, it's just where I remain humble, I think, in this area, but I think it's right yeah. to recognize the caution. Yeah, yeah. Mike, I want to appreciate what you just did. I missed. All right, cool. But even like I said before, you know, like you got the Apostle Paul, he's an evangelist type of guy going from church to church, church planter. Yep. But he set things up. And like right, you yeah. mentioned, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Bring in Timothy, bring in this guy. Okay. He, he didn't just. Yeah, it was there. Fast car and get out of town to the next one. He he stuck around, did some discipleship, trained people, set up elders, checked up. Everything happened. Yeah, and and then it was a healthy church. And and then he had to check back later. Hey, you're not so healthy. You know, because I've been told what you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. The second I can, if I'm out of these chains anytime soon, I'm going to come to you again. Yeah, yeah. My absence. Here's Timothy. As opposed to the evangelist, who's like, yeah, we did a concert and 38 people raised their hand and, and never gone. I, I have no idea who they were, right. you know. They added our band page will. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that we've cheapened it, and, well, and that's that's. Yeah, I think I we have cheapened. I, here's a, like the thing that that's easy to grasp about about Paul Paul's ministry, and what's harder to grasp modern day is like no matter what the situation, Paul's ministry will continue, right? Like if no one tithed that night, Paul goes, no problem. If Paul took a beating and got put in jail, he's like, this is no problem at all. <laughs> right? right? Like right. his ministry continues. When people stop showing up to the traveling evangelist, they're like, I think it's time for me to get out of this. Or if like there, there's not enough money to fund the <laughs> band, then it's right. time to, or we can't find the right venue. It's time to quit. God or, must not be in this anymore. God not, right, that's right. God's on his way out. Now, our, granted, our economy is different. Like our, our modern age does work differently. So you can't completely discount that. But like, Paul will go to the next town by himself, or he'll go to the next town with five people, or he'll go to the next town on the back of a donkey, or he will crawl his way there with with lashes on his back. Like, it doesn't matter what comes up, Paul will be delivering the gospel to somebody in some fashion. Now, I, I think that does, that that thought then does support the trajectory of what this man is asking, which mm-hmm. is to say, like, are you approaching all your relationships and op- and and looking at things as opportunities to otherwise share good news with people. And I, I do think we need to blow up our reservation about it. And I don't know, Dan, I think this came up when we were talking about the last time you got back from Zimbabwe. You know, like these guys were just walking around, like looking to have conversations um, in ways that I think probably doesn't work here. I think that that might actually be be somewhat true. Um but like it's just it's just curious. Like, um, is this guy's attempt to try to engage with people with Jesus better than my attempt at nothing? At right. my non-attempt to even because I'm worried about what someone's going to think or like, hey, if I approach this the wrong way, are they going to? Is it going to tie it off and say, well, that's an aggressive Christian and I don't want to do it? But here's the thing: I, if we can approach it naturally. Speak of it in the, in the right proportion of which you would normally speak about things, and don't don't be you. You make people feel. Here's the thing: you make people feel used. If you if they can tell when you walk into a conversation that you're just biding your time until you get to pitch them your religion, 
And like, right. I, 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 I'm confident that Jesus's attack for the world isn't like treat them like a commodity. Mm-hmm. And so, so, but it doesn't mean that, you know, within 10 minutes of a, there's all kinds of people I know within 10 minutes of conversation, it'll come to Jesus because that's what they're normally talking about every 10 minutes. <laughs> all right. And, and so like, I think the prayer here is Lord, can you, can you help me fashion my life where like I pray without ceasing? And you are you. I, I do not suppress anything that you might have coming out of my mouth or into my mind, and help me walk in boldness in those things without fear of how it hits the world, because the world needs to change under your goodness. I think if we want to focus under that, I think that's right, and I think that creates some of what this guy's saying without it feeling so freaking fake. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a like the 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 phrase is like I know I know nothing but Christ crucified. Right. That's what I know, and like that is doesn't mean that you literally don't know anything else. It just means everything you look at is colored that way. Like every, you're, it's the source of everything that you have and, and everything that you have to offer. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, your life it it should it should say that on its own. I love it's, hitting my boss with that. What? <laughs> he'll ask me a question like, "Hey, did you do this? Blah blah blah. Did you email this guy?" And I'll say, "I know nothing, but Christ crucified." <laughs> have you legit done that? Yeah, I do it all the time. So <laughs> I love doing it. Do you, want, do you want to know what we're talking about here? That is not genuine. Is what we're talking about. Like if that is if that is the extent of your uh, no, I'm just messing around. Way to go, I, Daniel. I mean, it's, that's not evangelism. I just love doing it because it's funny. Uh, I read this story about this fella, uh, or maybe I watched a video. I don't remember. It's been a minute. Uh, it was this big old tall uh, bald guy, and uh, he, for whatever reason, I'm I'm kind of piecing this together from memory here, but he uh, was he was in the air a lot. He was flying around from town to town, uh, doing conferences or something. But I don't think he was like it was like Jesus conferences. I think it was like some sort of basketball thing or something like that. But he was a Jesus man, and so he he claimed that he started started each day with a prayer that uh, God would use him. However, he would be used uh, that day, and he was a big fan of sharing the gospel with people on the airplane because he's like, "Well, what else am I going to do? It, you know, I'm traveling all the time, and I've got people sitting around with me for four hours at a time, so might as well share it then." And uh, he seemed like a pretty rad dude, and uh, that seems like kind of something that might be up this 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 year alley where he's like, uh, "If you if you're legitimately traveling all the time, and you're trying to, you know." spread the gospel. Yeah. Then this might be uh up this this particular fellow's alley. Yeah. Yep. You could do it at the get and go. <laughs> like you can have these kind of conversations at the, at the random gas station you go to to buy that Pepsi way too much. Like it just if you start living your life where everything is is just bathed in prayer and kingdom living, kingdom work is your is your goal. This kind of stuff is going to happen. Like it's awesome. When I'm when I feel like I'm at my best when I'm actually walking in step with the Lord and being led by him like this kind of stuff just happens. Like when I'm living in fake sin or in real sin and fake Christianity, that's when I I struggle and go, well, I'm I'm scared of this situation and all this different stuff. Like it just it, it it's friggin' it's light and salt. You change the, the 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 nature of the places that you're in when you live this way. Like yeah. salt makes crap salty. Like it, it it cannot be the same in the presence of that. Why did you, why did you say light and salt though? That's disorienting. Yeah, mean? instead of salt and light. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, sorry. It's perverse. Uh, jelly and peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah, that's not how the Latin covered it. <laughs> anyway, you are you are meant to change the situations that you're in. Darkness doesn't live where you where the light is. Uh, Don't go to the get and go though. You no. Can. No, tr- that's the devil's town. I tried to murder Nathaniel over at the come and go. 
Yeah, come and go for sure. It didn't work out. Come and go, but bought out. Uh, less than half of born again Christians believe Jesus lives, lived a sinless life on earth. Sweet. Is that surprising to anybody? Like, of all the theological things where people have contention, was Jesus sinless for a born again Christian? Seems to be like, I mean, what? What do we believe? We should just start doing these surveys with like, here's like ten things. Which of these things do you actually believe in? Oh, that'd be that'd be awesome. I Is this super- a new article, Ben? Yeah. yeah, I missed it. Sorry. Yeah. Since the COVID-19 pandemic began in 2020, fewer born-again Christians now say that Jesus lived a sinless life during his time on earth. Am I supposed to connect these two in the presence of COVID? They're like, you know what? I think Jesus was a sinner. No, no, this <laughs> this thing is a problem. No, Jesus definitely didn't live. I mean, by perfect. definition, are you a born-again Christian if you think? <laughs> That's kind of one of the main things you got to get in line I with. I mean, what do we think the good news is? Right. None of it makes sense if Jesus was a sinner. By the way. Like, it just flat out doesn't work. The law can't be fulfilled through him. He can't become a curse that actually makes anything happen. He can't be a sacrifice that covers all sin because he's just another blemished sheep. <laughs> he's like, just a good it just guy. doesn't work. He's bar Jesus. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Don't let me forget. After this article, I thought of four sidebar questions during our last discussion. And okay. I really want to know the answer. All right. The, uh, the findings came from the American Worldview Inventory 2023, an annual tracking study of the worldview of U.S. adults involving 2,000 people. While born again Christians make up about one third of all U.S. adults, that's interesting. I thought it was more than that, and are considered the backbone of local church activity because of their higher level commitment to the Christian faith. The study shows that between 2020 and 2023, the share of those who say they believe Jesus did not commit sins during his lifetime on earth fell from 58% to 44%. I don't understand this. <laughs> I, I, I also don't trust the statistics in general. It, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to have changed. Like if you say, like someone says, look, I, I think I, I'm more like uh, more likely to understand if someone goes, look, I don't think there is a God. I get right. that that changes, but like. I think Jesus might have sinned while on earth. Like, I don't understand what about what is causing this problem. Uh, probably Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened during In the COVID. presence of the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic and the existence of a Netflix show. It really threw off born again. I mean, even before that, batting in the 50s. It's not good. No. I'm no. never going to financially recover from this. I think it's the... <laughs> I mean... Good morning, it, all you cool cats and kittens. These are like narrow road numbers, and so I guess maybe I'm not surprised. But like, now you're hyper narrow road, because like these guys are trying to walk the path and going, yeah, I mean, I'm just another sinner walking behind a sinner. Like, right. I just, I don't understand what yeah. your faith is based on. Lead me into the exact same thing I'm in, Lord. Why do you... Actually, <laughs> I, next survey is like, why do you even want to claim to be a Christian? Right. Like, what is in it for you? It's not popular anymore. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, it said uh, the shift in belief among born-again Christians was among six that showed a significant decline in the past three years that Barna characterized as indefensible. Fewer than half of born-again Christians also now believe they have a unique God-given calling or purpose. I actually think that one's debated. You can put that one higher for me, and I think it's all right. Like, the um, the uniqueness of their God-given purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think theologically you, you might even be in safe territory to be higher than that. I'd uh, probably be better for you. Right? Yeah, we can't stop cranking out worship tunes that are focused on people individually. Right. Yeah. 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 Sixty-six books that give me a pretty good idea of what I need to be doing anyway. So yeah. Like, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Yeah. I wrote a book. Uh, Lord, Wheaties or Raisin Bran? Uh, um, let's see. The share of those who held that belief fell from eighty-eight percent to a staggering forty-six percent during the pandemic. I don't understand the correlation. Maybe there isn't one. Maybe it's just it's maybe it's just the time period of the statistic. Yeah, a downward trend was also observed among those who say the Bible is unambiguous in its teaching about abortion. That belief <laughs> fell from fifty-eight percent to forty-four percent. Those who say human exactly life not. is sacred fell from sixty to forty-eight percent. Holy buckets! 
That's even non-biblically. This is a weird a statistic. And the number of born-again Christians who say God is the basis of, of all truth fell from 69% to 63%. Here, I mean, I am curious as all get out to talk to like the 6% of people. Right. I'm like, what do you now believe? Like, what, what is it that you went to? I think, yes, what drove it, but like, if if God is not the basis of all truth, what where is the basis of all truth? Yeah, do you need an ultimate truth to follow this? Or is there not one? And if there is not one, why do you believe any of the other things on the list? Like, people are confusing. This goes back to Street Preacher. People have not thought through their worldview at all. That's true. If none of this matters, which basically a lot of that stuff kind of falls down to like, why does it even matter if you don't believe that? Why don't we just friggin' party and life's going to end eventually? Cool. This, This is what I'm saying. Like, if Jesus were, if Jesus were not God's son, if Jesus were not sinless, like I'm out. I'm out entirely. Right. Yes. The whole thing is gone. Yeah. The only I, empirical truth then is we die. Yeah. And he died. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is this, is this, uh, does this include the Catholics? It's not no, born again Christians. Uh, I think Jen tends to exclude Catholics, but I don't know. What is a born again Christian? Uh, it, it, it's murky like evangelicals murky. Yeah. yeah okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. I, say, I was like, aren't we all born again Christians? Yeah. Like, did anyone not go through the birth again? Maybe the deal is that during COVID, when they took this uh, survey, everybody was home, except for the evangelists who were all there evangelizing. <laughs> so they didn't answer the survey. Freaking ridiculous. <laughs> right. And they we keep running into situations where Christians are, are in, like, dangerous situations, and then stuff just happens because of it. Yeah. I don't know. Stuff gets changed. Huh. Weird. I didn't follow anything of what yeah, you just said. I could tell. Yeah, <laughs> stuff gets changed. Dan was I mean, making sense, and then you cut in and said, "I mean, absolutely I mean, nothing for like ten <laughs> seconds." Fair. Uh, what I meant is, is uh, whatever. It's not worth it. Okay. All right. I'm willing uh, to bow out. When it comes to the general population of U.S. adults, uh, Barta said the share of the population that claims to hold a biblical worldview fell from six percent to four percent. I thought it said fell to four percent. Yeah, he said fell from six to four. While less than half now claim to be deeply committed to practicing their religious faith. He found 33% of adults now say they attend church service during a typical week, which shows a decline, which represents a loss of about 15 million church-going adults each week. I don't care about that, actually. I mean, I do, but I don't. How did this survey get to people? Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I didn't just, answer any questions. Uh, <laughs> right. Like, I don't... Am I not a born-again Christian that I wasn't given the survey because I was alive? You guys were not evangelizing. That's what I'm saying. This sounds like it was asked on the coast. This sounds like an east-west coast survey to me. That sounds Uh, like a real Midwestern thing to say, Mike. Yep. (laughs) This was done out on the coast. (laughs) (laughs) Big old city living people, and that's talking about Don't even get me started on the entitlement of coast dwellers. I got a list. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, it's maybe this. This is just. Um, what, was the okay. Last time you saw corn, brother. Mike, what were the what were the four things? Four sidebars. One. Does Paul have a last name? Of Tarsus. I was just trying to think of Paul Robertson Ministries. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I was trying to make the point that like Paul <laughs> Paul doesn't you know let his ministry do the tail wag the dog. You know, he just uh, he just has at it. But I thought, what would be his blank ministry name? And it's just Paul Ministries. I feel it's, like last names didn't really become a huge thing until there was a lot of immigration and people moving around and stuff like that to where they needed to identify more than just in their town. Well, well, I, but you know what's interesting, though, is that, like, no joke, half the people in Jerusalem were named Mary. Like, no joke. Wow. 
and and Jesus was also uh, Yeshua was a very popular it's name. Usually pretty close to 50-50 on male female. That means like all of them were married. There were Marys everywhere. <laughs> right? And so like it, they needed a last name. And the, and even if you said um Mary of Nazareth. Right. Right? Which one? There were probably still like 10 Marys <laughs> and, and Nazareth uh, was Mary tiny. Mary of Nazareth over on 7th Street. So was Jesus like Yeshua Josephson? Yeah, they, yeah, they, yes. <laughs> I don't think that happened for another thousand years. I don't think they felt the need to scram it all together. Actually, here's what's interesting is I, is is um in Jesus's day, the people were a lot freer with language, right? Like they they it's okay to say um uh, Jesus bar Joseph or yeah. Yeshua bar Joseph, right? Like th- like they would you would do that. Gotcha. Actually, be yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> just imagining a census taker coming into town. Mary here. Mary, right. here. Mary, here. It's awful for Mary, a substitute teacher. Here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which Mary are you? Two? Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, and Paul's ministry is probably something like Paul or Apollos or <laughs> Claude or Peter Incorporated. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul, Paul wouldn't even have yeah. it. Yeah. Paul would just be like Paul, an apostle that is made low low in front of you, <laughs> That's right. coming to you from this city. It's like, oh, come on. Christ L- crucified LLC. ministry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is, I don't know my last name, but I knew no Christ crucified. <laughs> okay. That's sidebar one. Sidebar two. Is there any spiritual gifts you wouldn't want? Like... Like I'm terrified of teaching. The Bible the Bible lays them out as gifts. Says they are gifts, and you read them and go. Ooh, I hope I, I, I'm terrified I, hope I don't of get that one. I w- I w- I would not want tongues. Yeah, I'm with Ben. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't. And and and, and but it's possible because like maybe I don't want it because I don't have it. Because Paul talks about it in positive terms. He's right. like, I got it. You could just speak to the Lord in angelic tongue. Yeah, and yeah. he uses a lot in presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit showed up. People started talking in tongues. Yes. So, so I think there. I think that uh, I, I also would be um, I, I, the calling on your life when you have the gift of prophecy makes me wildly uncomfortable <laughs> because I know I shared this uh, to some of you fellows already. But freaking Ezekiel, what is it, two or three, chapter two, mm-hmm. chapter three, freaking watchman, and he says, uh, "Look, I, you're a watchman, and I'm going to tell you if I condemn a man and he dies in this sin because you didn't say anything, that his blood's on you." Yeah, that's terrifying too. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. And so, like, I think in in some respects that that's for everybody, but in specific respects, that's for a prophet of God, where God chooses a man and goes, "Hey, you need to go share this thing," and he goes, "I'm not going to do it." And God's like, "I hold you responsible for his for the, right. his blood on your hands." And so, like, there's just a lot of weight to prophets because I feel like you end up in a bunch of weird situations where you're like, "Dude, I hate to tell you, like God said the following," <laughs> like, and you know, fire's coming, right? Not to be in like your grill, of it. but the Yahweh said. <laughs> I, I can tell you a, a sometimes a I've always uh, scored high like on the little test on the gift of faith right yeah and, and it's like I I uh, I just believe God can do whatever the heck He wants I yeah just, there's there's I have no doubt and it's really frustrating at times because uh, most people don't They're right like, well we right. should do this they're like well we can't it's like I don't understand <laughs> you know I mean it's why not like, <laughs> I spent like I've spent my whole life trying to say no God's got this and people are like no He doesn't They're like no He really does. And he always does. So like it's just frustrating. Like people just kind of drag you down. You know, like no, we really can't do this. Drag, they're dragging everything. It's like let's not do this. It's like you cement you, shoes. She's a giant. On my How face? can I miss? Get right? out of here. I mean, come on. I've got these stones. Like, uh, <laughs> how can you miss Goliath? Right. Dan, yeah. Dan's just walking around with a bunch of friggin' like wet jeans walking with him. It's it's, it's yeah. Sometimes it's just frustrating. Honestly. Pull him down. Anyway, that's it. 
<laughs> what is the what what verse am I looking for for spiritual gifts? I think it's First Corinthians what thirteen. Well, I tried to look it up, yeah. and they're like they Romans. have way more spiritual gifts than I thought. There's like twelve, seven Romans twelve, Some people yeah. say nine, twelve of them. I forget. What Mike? Did you have one that you don't want? Uh, I mean, preaching, teaching, hospitality. Like there's a there's Paul's list. There's like five. The one is it the one you're thinking of? It's got like five in it. Yes. Yeah, and uh, like Ephesians, yeah, no, maybe it's First Corinthians twelve. So, what's uh, the difference between preaching and teaching? Signposts. What? Sorry, what? Are you talking to somebody else? What? I'm talking to Nathaniel. Oh, sorry. I was. Uh, <laughs> Troy said uh, Corinthians thirteen. Dan said twelve. Dan was right. I was. I was giving him the bingo fingers. Oh, oh okay. I thought all I heard Thank was you for bringing sounded, me low. I was excited that I was in the right book. It sounded like you were making like a laundry list over there. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, to each, uh, so uh, seven. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit of utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one spirit. Working of miracles, prophecy, ability to distinguish between spirits, various kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Ooh. Ooh, the spiritual discerner. The, the discerning between spirits would be kind of a fun job. If you're like the oracle, someone goes, dude, I heard this, and you're like, evil. Yeah. <laughs> nope. yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's an immediate, like, rock'em, sock'em robot. <laughs> right. That is Beelzebul. <laughs> we should have a booth where people are like, I feel like the I feel like the devil's really after me today, and you go, no. He's not. That's your choices. Yeah. <laughs> your choices are behind you. I, mean, I, feel, like, I feel like we can all pretty much do that. <laughs> My, yeah. own, my own self is on top of me today. <laughs> the devil's really after me. Have you done this recently? Oh, yeah, a bunch. I mean, yeah, it sounds like you're after yourself. Yeah. Wisdom would be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah knowledge. difference between wisdom and knowledge. I love that. Knowledge would be cool. Uh, preaching, teaching. I, I, it falls in the same category to me, but like, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all fine and good. Yeah. Uh, prophecy. Uh, I wouldn't be. I know I don't have it. I don't, I'm not leery of it, but I know I don't have it. Uh, because I know people that do, and so like I, 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 I'm not saying I wouldn't want it, but uh, yeah, the tongues thing, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I've seen tongues done very poorly, and and I didn't feel of the Holy Spirit to me, and so I'm very leery of it. But I know people that speak in tongues that it is not that way for them, and and so um, I'm I'm leery of that one. I'm not not on a like it's a not a good thing, but like. Yeah, I think I'd struggle with it. Well, and that one's more personal, right? Like the way Paul talks about it is 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 something that's personal versus yes. like prophecy. You're going out and you're interacting with other people. Um, tongues tends to be reflected, I think, at least most appropriately bound by something that feels personal or requires. I've I've never seen anybody do to, like talk in tongues and have someone interpret there. Never. I've like not, out loud tongues. Yes. Isn't there like an inside your head tongues too? Oh, I can't. I don't know. It's not. It's not happened to me. Well, no. I, I thought that was called out as a different thing. Like tongues can be either like outwards and needs an interpreter, but tongues can also be speaking to the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Of like a like. That's I don't know. The one I'm more familiar with is the one like within your within your head. Well, not your yeah. head. Like you talk out loud. Yeah. Right. I've, but but that's just a prayer language. You know, whatever. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Like that's it's a prayer I'm, language between you and the Lord. Which I, I think, think I think that's what Paul is talking about. Like when he's well, there's there's multiple, but I think that when he talks about his tongues as a personal gift for himself, um, and that feels like that one. I guess that's how I always read that mm-hmm. is is something that was as private to him. I don't but, think right. I'd have a problem with prophecy because like 
But what I think happens with the gift of prophecy is God tells you something that you're going to have to yell at somebody about. But, yeah, I was going to say, it's just, it, like, we think future tense, but, like, that's... Oh, well, that's not, not what oh, no, yeah, right. Like a lot of a lot of people think future tense, not yeah. us. Excuse yeah. me. But like that's that's barely it. Like what, it's rarely future tense stuff. It's like, hey, this is the Lord speaking to you now. Yeah. Like what you're doing currently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just I f- I feel like uh, <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. I would rather have that than discernment. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the spiritual discernment? Uh, no, because I wouldn't want to be involved in it. Like if it's a prophecy thing, I don't have to go. I would like to discern what's going on here. I would like God just to go, here's what's going on here. I'm, and then I go, okay, I'll deliver it. I'm proud of the confidence of the person who gets discernment as their gift and then acts on it. Yeah. Like, because you've uh, got to really be like, yep, the Lord told me Especially because you know your track record of being wrong. Right? Like, you're a fallible, yeah, you broken suck. human. And so, like, <laughs> instantly, when I feel like I've got something discerned, where I'm like, this is the deal. I know it's the deal. And then I'm like, yeah, but you've been a boob right? like most yeah. of your life. Remember that one time you were wrong? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, man, I better, I better weigh in later. I better see what's up. Actually, I, I was thinking about, and I think about some of these, uh, the prophets who had to do the sign acts, right? Uh-huh. Uh, like, like Ezekiel and stuff like that. When you're halfway through, like, cooking your food on a freaking poop, dried yeah. poop somewhere, and you're going, oh, this better be right. This better be doing something. If yeah. I heard this wrong, I'd be really upset. <laughs> right. Every time I feel like I've heard from the Lord, I second and third and fourth and the hundred and fiftieth guess that and go, "No, you idiot! That was you. Yeah. That was just your the little friggin' voice in your head, and you just felt like you were at a place where the Lord might be talking to you." And so you went, "Yeah, Lord, I hear you." This is this is how people this is how people end up doing like like wild things is because they have to choose something that they so think they wouldn't think of themselves. Like, uh-huh. I'm supposed to to serve the impoverished in Nepalese wearing a loincloth because I so don't want to do that. It must have come from the I Lord. I saw it in my dreams. <laughs> it had to be from the Lord. Because I wouldn't do it. Per- that's right, the, yeah. the, they eliminate themselves for, for anything that could feel like them, and so that's the stuff that they say they have to but do. But it is so connected to humanity, right? Like, 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 when Paul turns around... And pulls a demon out of somebody merely because he's irritated with them following him around, like it. Like the Bible is real specific. It's like, and Paul had finally had enough, and he turned around and said, "Come out of that woman," <laughs> and pulled the demon out. And like, so like it's it is really connected to, to human fallibilities, and like like the Bible does not paint a picture of like some like enlightened dude on a cloud like spiritual gifting, right? It's way more gritty than that. You know, way more way more life stuff than that. Yeah, actually, I think that's really, it's a really interesting thing that we've got to be able to grasp, which is um, it's you can know prophets of God who have struggling marriages. You can know, yeah. like, people who, d- like, d- discern and have wisdom from God uh, and then trip over something in the grocery aisle and fall on their face. Uh, or, 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 uh, where's your sermon now, Bob? <laughs> right, like, like, this. It's weird because what I want to say is that, like, a God chose a perfect person to bring His perfect message, and like, great. I, every T-shirt and meme says that that's not true. But tell me that if once you hear someone who's got like God sent this person to do prophet type of work, I expect them to be nailing all the things that I'm not nailing because God is speaking to them. But like, oftentimes God is saying, "Look, you go tell Ted this." Every other day of your life and time, I expect you to be responding to the Holy Spirit scriptures, and you're just not, <laughs> or you're struggling with it like a normal human would. Interesting. Okay. Did you have two more? Well, Dan, wait, wait, do you, are you working on something over there, Dan? Well, the, I, I was just looking Facebook. at the list, some of the okay. gifts. Like I was thinking that the gift of mercy is like that's kind of a 
don't know. I feel like that's all of us, isn't it? Well, I mean, we're to have mercy, but some have the gift of mercy. You know, in the Romans 12, yep. it's like, it's like that you're just like hanging around really depressed people saying, you're good, you're good, it's all right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it just seems kind of yeah. like a downer. Or I, even, even like the gift of... Um, uh, real like, strong to do that job. Hospitality is a good example. Yeah. Where like you figure, oh, everyone has to be should be hospitable. Right. Right. But like I was thinking through it, and like that it wears me out. I'm not energized by that kind of thing. Yeah. I think I want it to be true at my house, but like I'm not motivated by it. Half my house is totally motivated by it. They love it. It yeah. gives them energy, and so I think like it's a gift. I, I think I ha- I think I have to um I have to 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 want that and should sacrifice to make sure that happens. But it is not a gift. Of mine, yeah. yeah. Mike, I, uh, your gift yeah. is not encouragement. Our, our church yeah. was born in our house, and uh, so we had a couple of years of just—I mean, they, they like ragged our house, right? Yep. And, and to this day, like my wife, it's like she doesn't want to be near our house. Like <laughs> she, she does not have the gift, right? You, you know what I mean, she's just that's like, awesome. "Hey, can we come?" No, no. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so I'm like, "This is my safe space." Yeah, I was like, "It was invaded <laughs> once, not again." Well, I suppose when you have people walking around your house and you're trying to like go to the bathroom or something in your uh-huh. underwear, and you're like, uh, "Hey, children, by the way, Ed's here." Hi, <laughs> uh, <I laughs> <You're> Ed. What? <laughs> it's two in the morning. I well, pee in my know. underwear, Ted. Back away. <laughs> oh wait. Okay, does that cover all your sidebars? Paul's last name, spiritual gifts that you don't want. Yeah, I lost the other two. Okay, the other two are gone. All right. Uh, I, th- hey, th- thanks for hanging out with us so far on show 500 and a half. We very much appreciate it. Hey, wh- where do we got this thing wrong? One, are you a street evangelist? I, I want to hear uh, if you are I, and you've done this. I, I'm interested in your experiences, but like specifically, I'd like to hear you speak about um, the, the long-term impact and how would you know? Like, is it possible, like, uh, where I, maybe you can just help alleviate my concerns of shallowness, and maybe that's not the case, and I'd love to, I'd, I'd love to hear it, and so I'd be, be curious to hear that from you. Uh, also, you know, um, uh, like, are you of the four, is it possible, do you listen to this show and you think that Jesus was not sinless? I'm just, I want to hear from you. <laughs> I want, I'm just curious. We, we may have berated you earlier, but we really want to hear from you. Uh, I, like, help me understand. No, but I just human to human. I want to understand what's going on in your mind. These two, like, if if I believed the thing that you just grabbed onto, we'd be doing live from the sin shack. I just don't understand why I'm holding on to this Christian path live business. From the sin shack. <laughs> like, that sounds like a very debauchery show. tonight. <laughs> why not? Um, live from Vegas. Yeah. So okay. Anyway, uh, also if you have comments and feedback on the show, uh, again, live from the path complete line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Call or text. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, feedback about the show. Also, I want you to I want you to talk about your excitement about this new game show, Woke Church versus Weed Dispensary. Weed what? What was weed it? or woke? Woke or weed? Ah, it's not close enough. I I, I needs it needs woke refinement. Okay. I mean, yeah, I didn't try and name it. Okay. So. How many How many do we have? We've got ten. Holy cats! Oh. I think they're going to go by quick though. It's going to be good. Okay. Does everyone get to vote? You get yeah. to run the game. Yeah, I'll run the game. Everybody gets a shot. We'll okay. do this. We'll do the secular Solomon style. Everybody gets a shot. It's it's fifty percent chance you get it right or do not. Do we get to inhale anything before we answer? Uh, no. Okay. I'll keep score. Wait, Dave's going to pass out. Oxygen. Say he can do air. Not like pure oxygen though. Yeah, whatever. That'll also kill you. He wants to take in normal atmosphere. Know. You know, back before they came up with the drug, people were like I'm on the oxy. It meant you were taking in oxygen. No, nobody said that. that Yeah. Yeah, Thanks, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. I'm sorry to interrupt you, boys. (laughs) We're rough over here. Go ahead. Conversation about 
I, I need, a, I need a sack of yeah, It's only the 500 show, and you're having sidebar conversations. Yeah. You threw a bottle at the corner, Shaq. I, I want to hear to, it. I talked to nobody. Minced garlic. Uh, I'm on oxygen. Uh, red potatoes. No, I was talking about taking a hit <laughs> off my son's uh, oxygen tank. Did you try that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What? Like, that like, was weird. I thought you were kidding about that. Was you that, actually uh, took a, was you that took righteous? A hit off it? Yeah, I said, I want to see, see what it's like. <laughs> Plus, he's done with them. So I said, you know. So you went, Daddy's got some now. <laughs> hey, I already paid for this. How much of that exactly. do you got? <laughs> I've got like. You about to start peddling O2, Walter White? What's wrong with you? I've got like six huge tanks of oxygen. If you see any house. kind of meth lab happening around. Uh, no, I was just feeling a little sleepy. I said, maybe this will give me a little juice. <laughs> and it worked? It, oh, yeah, big time. I was feeling good. A hit of pure oxygen oh, gave you energy. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I want to do it. Come on over. Okay, okay. I'm being adversarial here. I want to do it, too. Okay. Like, if I'm being real about yeah. it. Come on up. I, I Can we call the game left-hander or outlander? <laughs> what do we think? <laughs> Did you just come up with something that rhymes? Outlander doesn't that make- was right? Yeah, new a new new age church outlander. Oh. Why is that an outlander? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and vote no on that. Uh, maybe we can spend the rest of the six days we're not doing this show what thinking about, about a title. Sticky leaf or keep it brief. <laughs> Again, all you're doing is rhyming things. Okay, all right. We're gonna start. I'm ready. All right, number one. Can I go first? Toker woke. <laughs> <laughs> Toker woke is the highest No pun intended The highest on my list right now Okay Toker woke Okay totally On the complaint line What do we call this game You guys 515-517-0085 What do we call this game Okay go Dad, ahead you can't text in Toker woke <laughs> We know your number uh, Alright number one uh, We'll start with Ben Just because he's he asked I want to go first uh, Well rooted Do you think that is a oh. weed shop or do you think that is a church? Uh, New Age church or weed shop? Woke I ch- or toke? Uh, I chose. I choose toke. You choose toke. Okay. Ben's in for weed shop. Dan, well-rooted. Uh, we're going to go woke. Oh, contention. Go woke church. Australia. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's a different game. Australia. Epcot <laughs> Center. Okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Toke. Strip mall. <laughs> strip mall in Ohio. Toke. Uh, all right. Nathaniel, well-rooted. Woke. Woke or toke? Woke? woke? Yep. Okay. Oh. Woke. Mike Foos says woke. Come on. Okay, we got three wokes and a toke. Come on, come on. That is a toke. Well rooted is a weed shop. Okay. Hey, hey I'm gonna tell you this. I was in uh Boove and I were in Minneapolis this <laughs> this past past week, and like um uh they're opening up uh, after COVID, a lot of the the shops in the Skyway in Minneapolis shut down, like all the restaurants and stuff. And so there used to be a coffee shop called uh, Max's Cafe and s- some weed dispensary has set up shop in here and like you should have seen these lazy tokers trying to get open by 4:20 i was there on the morning of 4:20 okay they're not ready to go but like you should see them like high as a kite scrubbing walls <laughs> trying to set up these we gotta do it trying to set up these shelves and stuff like i could you could see it <laughs> you could see it and smell it and they had these weird doors that looked like you were entering, entering like a transylvanian castle <laughs> <laughs> to get into this weed shop, but like you get the the panicked uh like contact high from these people for trying to get the store open on four twenty. <laughs> it was very funny. This is our we big smell, day. We smell it from the building over, fellas. <laughs> like if you didn't do it, like he was gonna ruin the whole thing. <laughs> it's our one day. Do you want to watch around. reruns of the grand prize game from the Bonzo show? <laughs> what happened to the inventory? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. All right. 
Number two. We're going to start with Dan this time. How are the points given? I got it. Mike's up by 10 <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, Mike's keeping keeping track, even though he was the only one who got it. He was one of three. Run your mouth. See what happens, Ben. <laughs> yeah, this is a real secular Solomon situation where Mike keeps track of the points. That needs to stay. Okay. Uh, all right, number two, the source. Dan, the oh, source. The source. That, woke that, or toke? That's, that's toke. That's toke. Okay. Daniel. That's woke. That's woke? Mm-hmm. Okay. Woke. I'm sticking with woke. Mike's yeah, in for woke? I, I'm in with woke. Okay. We got three wokes and a toke this time. Exact opposite. The source is? Woke. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. 100%. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to submit right now. I love this game. <laughs> so far, see, I've never, I've never, uh, like, had a drug in my life, and I'm not woke. So this is going to be, I'm going to fail. <laughs> this is real rough. You don't have any grounds I, no, to stand I'm on here. Stabbing in the all, dark. all Dan knows is Christ crucified in this game. <laughs> Dan right. goes, unfamiliar. Toke. <laughs> not certain. Woke? Uh, number three to Nathaniel. The exchange. The exchange. Woke or toke? Come on. That's got to be Toke. Oh. Exchange. In for Toke. Mike. I'm, in, I'm in for Toke as well. Mike's in for a Toke. Puff, puff, pass. The ben. exchange, Ben. Woke uh, or Toke? I'm going to go. Oh, man. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Woke. You're going to say Woke? Yeah. Ben's in for Woke. Dan, the exchange. Woke or Toke? I'm 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 Toke. You're Toke? Toke. We got three Tokes and a Woke again? Come yeah. on. This is ridiculous. The exchange? Woke. Yes. Oh, no. I'm so good at I'm that. I'm consistent. Is that even possible? <laughs> three wokes and a toke, three tokes and a woke, and three wokes and a toke. I don't even know what that means. What's that supposed to imply? The exchange. I don't know. This is, you this know is, I, by the way, I did not make these know. names up. These are legitimate names that I have found. I'm not saying that we haven't, we don't need to refresh the name. Like I was, we, I was traveling around in town yesterday and we passed the first apostolic church. I'm like, there's no way you're the first apostolic church. <laughs> You're There's, the first. That's both. You live in a, you're a pole building. It's, just, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Continue on. All right. Uh, are we starting with Nathaniel this time? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Number four, the good doctor. The good doctor. Oh. Is that woke or toke? Oh. Good heavens. Woke or toke, the good doctor. I hope that's not woke. I'm gonna that, ha- I have to go toke on that you're one. You're in for a toke for your own sanity. Yeah. All right. Toke for me. Toke. We got two tokes. Toke. Three tokes. You gonna break go the mold? To- a toke. I'll go toke. Four tokes? Yeah. Oh boys. Four tokes in for the good doctor. Uh-huh. You are all correct. Oh, yeah. That is a toke. Your yeah. sanity is saved. Woo-hoo. The exchange though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I tried to grab a couple thes because it really is whether or not like it's it it could very easily be both on the exchange and the source. All right. Yeah, like on on the one hand, uh, it feels like it could be referring to Jesus. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Is as it the a, good doctor, or you'd think as you're a physician or whatever? Medicine. Right. On the left hand, it could be a <laughs> marijuana. All right. Number five to Mike. That was funnier than you all acted. <laughs> uh, number five to Mike. As I said, welcomed wellness. What? Welcome wellness. Is that woke or is that toke? Welcome wellness. Toke. Welcome wellness. It's toke. Ben, you in for a toke or a woke? Uh, toke. Toke. Two tokes? Dan, <laughs> welcomed wellness. Toke. Three tokes? Tokes, yeah. I'll also go toke. Four tokes? Yeah. That is correct. Welcome wellness is a toke. Nailed it. Number six to Ben. Yep, yep. The roots. Oh, no. The roots. Is that woke or toke, Ben? The roots. <laughs> Oh, this one is difficult. Uh, I'm going to go with Woke. Okay, he goes in for Woke for the Roots. Dan, the Roots. Uh, Weed the... shop or place for a dude wearing way, way too much denim? I think it's the Tonight Show band, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is the Roots. Uh, well, he was a on former the one. I don't know if... Former. Uh, okay, Roots. I'm going to say that it is... Um, I'm going to Woke. 
Going woke roots. We got two for woke. I'll go, I'll go toke. Then goes toke on the roots. Double down toke. We got two tokes, two wokes. Okay. Oh, boys. Okay, okay. All right. The roots. I remember what I said. <laughs> the, ro- the roots is a woke. Oh, oh yeah. It's a woke. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I um, didn't I? That didn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> we least, are the roots church. At least like some people roots. name their church like New Life Church. You're like, oh. I know what's going to happen. Come here. on down to the roots. <laughs> I mean, even with a definite article like the well, it's like, okay, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> the roots? What yeah, does that the mean? Roots. Just like carrots? Yeah. <laughs> YouTubers? What's happening? Spuds. <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we starting at this time? Who's seven? Probably Finn. Dan. Uh, Dan. Oh, Back Dan. to Dan. The high road. High road. The high road. <laughs> <laughs> Woke or toke? Oh, dear. The uh, high road. I'm going to go with toke. Dan goes the toke <laughs> on the high road. Nathaniel? I have a very strong feeling that it's toke. You think it's toke? Yeah. The high road, toke. Okay, if it's woke, we need to talk about some <laughs> mixed messages here. I'm, I'm saying it's woke because I, pe- I think people are that mistaken. Mike's in for woke on the high road. Ben, round it out. The high road, woke or toke? I'll take toke. In for toke, huh? Take a toke. All right, fellas, the high road. Is woke. Oh, oh no. No. <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> oh, God. That was a dumb triple bonus question. That was worth 1200 Oh, boy, oh. that was a roughing. That broke my streak. <laughs> oh. I got broke by the high road. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to put that on a shirt like it's, uh, like it's a food challenge. I got broke by the high road oh, in Tallahassee. Should have taken it. Should have taken the high road. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nathaniel, number eight. Higher ground. Oh, Higher ground, Ooh. woke or toke? I mean, it's got to be toke. It's got to be toke. It's got to be. Oh, that's that's an all-in statement. All right. When you Mike. say woke church, like, do they have any biblical basis at all? <laughs> Often no. I mean, possibly <laughs> no, possibly yes. I feel like the roots is a hair salon. I mean, also the same situation with first apostolic church. As could a, be, could be not. You're definitely not the first apostolic. <laughs> I read the book of Acts recently. I'm on fire. And people are like, this is a first apostolic church? There's no way. <laughs> Uh, All right, Mike, higher ground, woke or toke? Toke. Mike's in for toke on higher ground. Ben? uh, Yeah, I'm going to take toke. Toke on higher ground. Dan, higher ground, woke Uh, or toke? I'm going woke, woke. Dan goes woke on higher ground. That's toke. Oh, Higher ground is toke. Back to living. Hey, man, Dan just did like a... He did a real. Oh yeah, about my answer. He did a Panama red over there. (laughs) (laughs) Is that one of the marijuana cigarettes? (laughs) Uh, Oh, this could be uh, woke or toke or just a random nightclub. Uh, Number nine, renew. Oh, renew. Okay, that woke or toke? I think we're on mic. Woke. You say woke. Woke in for renew, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Renew for a woke. We got two. Yep. Dan's nodding his hand. Woke. Definitely woke. 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 Yeah. Woke. All four in for woke. Mm-hmm. Fellas. That's woke. Yeah. Yeah. That also makes could sense. be a nightclub in many places. Or an oxygen bar. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to renew the new hookah bar. All right. Last one. Number 10. Okay. Ben. Yep. Vibe. Vibe. Doggone Is it. that woke or t- <laughs> I'm going to be real mad. I think it's woke. Ben goes for woke on vibe. Dan, do you know what a vibe is? Uh, it's a Pontiac. Um. <laughs> Why do you say it like you work at the Pontiac? Pontiac. 
What are you, a British <laughs> Would you like full uh, service be- <laughs> on your Pontiac? <laughs> I believe, sir, that you've had the Pontiac today. <laughs> May I interest you in the Bentley or the Pontiac today? Oh, no. Dan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> vibe. Is it a Pontiac or Walker Toke? Uh, um, uh, it's a, a vibe. I'm gonna go. It's woke. Woke. Yeah, yeah. Hands in for woke on the Pontiac vibe. Nathaniel, which would you say for the Pontiac vibe? Um, Walker Toke. Vibe. It's like, it sounds Toke the way you say it. <laughs> well, are you gonna head down to vibe? <laughs> I'm just telling you, man, like, it's 420. We've got to be at Vibe today. Yeah. Or, hey, man, I really need Jesus in my life. Do you want to go down to Vibe? I think it'll sound right. I think it's Toke. It's Toke. You say Toke for Vibe. All right, Toke, Mike. for sure. Mike's in for Toke on Vibe. Fellas, Vibe is awoke. Yes. yes. Oh, dagger. I get the feeling. All right, Mike. What are our scores on the first ever episode of Woke or Toke? Uh, in last oh, yeah. place was Nathaniel. Uh, he was negative five. There was a Ooh, couple, boy. There was a couple penalties that had to be let out. <laughs> You've been assessed penalties. Uh, uh, ben came in in third this with is, uh, 15. This is manure. Dan came up with an excellent bit of comedy, so he was in at uh, 410. <laughs> Extra. And then Mike's the winner. Mike's at, the winner. At 420. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I, counted, I counted my fingers. I had nine out of ten. What? Nine out of ten, Mike. Uh, arrogance gets you deducted more points. <laughs> Daniel is now the third place winner. Woo! Let's go! You've been doing game shows with him for years. You should know this. Listen here. You, you did never not, fight the score. You did not know I was arrogant until after the scores were given out. I spelled it on you. <laughs> you had a vibe. <laughs> Whatever, sucker. Take your loss. <laughs> Come on down to the good doctor. <laughs> Vibe, though, that's a terrible name for a church. Yeah, it really was. As I was looking through some of these, I was like, is this is this woke toke or like legit just a bar in like a downtown scene? Like, come on down. Like, you just need a verb or an adjective, anything. Like, literally, come down to nefarious. <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's go out to like shack. It's like, oh, this is a terrible name for a place. You guys want to go over to vapor? It's like, this is, I hate this. There's downtown bars called tonic and, and all, it's awful. Awful. All right. Hey, uh, let's uh, maybe shoot us a, something on the complaint line. How did you do on uh, Woke or Toke? 515-517-0085. All right, Mike, let's give out some advice. Okay. Dear Live, from the path, I am marrying the most amazing man next year. I'm not available. I love when these start this way. We have been together for six years. Mm-hmm. I've always gotten along with his family and know they will be great in-laws. Mm-hmm. However, yes. as time goes by... I've noticed that they cater more and more to my fiance's older sister. She's nearly 30, but she acts like she's 13. When she has an argument with her spouse, she calls my fiance and makes it sound so dramatic that he drops everything and runs to a rescue. Invariably, it turns out not to be as bad as she was saying. Mm -hmm. She also talks so badly about her spouse to her parents that I feel embarrassed for him. If she's sick or home alone, her husband travels for work, she sleeps at her parents' house with her infant son instead of staying in her own home, which is a town away. Her family does bold caps everything for her. Things that a capable adult should do for herself. Mm-hmm. Many times my fiance and I have been on a date or spending time with each other, and then his sister calls and he leaves me to cater to her. It hurts my feelings when he does this. I know family is important, and I'm not saying he shouldn't help his sister. I've talked with him about this on multiple occasions, but he doesn't seem to understand or isn't interested in talking about it. Am I being unreasonable? 
Is there anything I can or should do to feel otherwise about it? How do I cope with my feelings about this? I mean, I'm just proud of this person for not putting like the marriage up on the on the scale of like, should I marry them or not based off of their relationship with their sister? Yeah. It's just how should I feel about it? Yeah. And I appreciate that part. It's unfortunate that she's asked a bunch of guys because I'm just going like she's it's just you're just uh you're just a jealous, you know, little Oh boy. I mean, wow. I, she's just a little petty girl talk, girl uh fight, cat fight. You don't sweet Moses. <laughs> I could not disagree with you more here. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the deal. That family is weird and rough. And I think that comes from like if you're all living in the same zip code and like right next to each other at all times and aren't like satellite families that get together but do like everything together. It weirds me out. Yeah, like, like all families except for the last hundred years. Yeah. I know lots of families that function super awesome. That look right, close it, to each other. But this one isn't is what I'm saying. I disagree like, with Booba 100% too. Yeah. Nathaniel, say something. <laughs> Throw something at me. I'm, I'm like, trying to think about this in my own life situation. It seems like this fella, one, maybe should not uh, uh, cater to his sister over and above his wife. Boom. Agreed. And, They're not married yet. You know, you're, okay. Sure. Okay. That okay. ruins everything. You stopped him in his tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a roll, Mike. You know I how I get. I no longer have advice. I don't disagree. <laughs> but also... Uh, aside from that, like, I don't think it, she should really care that much if his parents, like, dote on, on his, her future sister-in-law. Yeah, you're just, just like, what do you care? Like, uh, let, yeah, it's not like it's owed to you yeah, and it's being missed out upon. They're having a fun little family slumber party. What do you, what do you care? I mean, husband running out on a date to help his sister, that seems a little weird if it's happening, like, a lot. Yeah, but, right. like, if one of my sisters called me and I was out with my wife, she would, like... She would be understanding that I I would have to go, you know, do something. I think. Why yeah. You bring your girlfriend with you to take care of your sister. Well, okay. So I, I don't I don't think that's quite the scenario. This isn't happening a time. This the, yeah, I think the so description happening is happening over and over right. again. So like, if you've got someone who is constantly flying up false alarms, She's a drama queen, yeah. right? So so like the, the sister is super dramatic. And like, but but doesn't seem to have. This is where you get frustrated with people. Is that like there is a there's a complete selfishness to being a drama queen, and like like failing to recognize that like you called your brother out of a date with his wife. Now the brother didn't have to do it. He's responsible for his own behavior. But but like but but someone doing that basically goes, look, I'm way more important than you are. I don't care what how I impact your life. Uh, I'm willing to go all drama department, and uh, I don't care. I, I I understand the frustration. I yeah, understand that frustration. Sister's insanely selfish. Yeah, family enables it, and it's turned into the brother enables it too. Right? Yeah. So so here's what I would say. I yeah. think this is a legitimate conversation with your soon to be husband um, about what it feels like to be on the other side. And I know it sounds like she's already had that. Now, I if he's doing it because he's kind and he's being taken in by by a dramatic sister, you just got to figure out whether you can live with that. I think you should learn to live with it. I think it's going to be difficult. Um, because because it's it's going to come up continuously from someone who's super dramatic, and you're always going to feel hosed off about it. But right. like you have to, re- it's kind of like giving to giving to a homeless person. Like even if it's not the wisest thing, you know that people who are doing it are tend to be doing it with the right heart. And so, yeah, I, I think you continue to work with this uh, pseudo husband of yours and just recognize, like, just know what this is gonna, probably going to keep happening going into it. The, the to 
I think the other point is that it's, it's none of your business on the rest of the family stuff. I, it may not be the best thing, and maybe your the maturity of your relationship allows you to continue to speak into that. But otherwise, right. I'd let that go directly. Yeah, that's outside looking in. Just leave it that. Cut a trail. Cut a trail. Cut a trail. Secular says, what concerns me about your letter isn't that your fiancé goes running to his sister's side when he gets one of her emergency calls. What troubles me is that when you tell him something bothers you, he isn't interested in talking about it. If Sissy and her husband feel it's safer for her to spend nights with her parents when he travels and the parents welcome her, I see no reason why you should be critical of her for it. However, that your fiancé would cut short a date or some other activity you were involved in together strikes me as over the top if it isn't a true emergency. Sometimes those emergencies are hard to suss out. They're, depending they're on difficult. Who as I see it, you can either accept this as part of their family dynamic or rethink marrying into that family because they are not going to change. And once the parents pass on, Sissy may need her brother more than ever. I think I'm surprised at the the usage of sissy by secular, to be honest with you, because it feels condescending. Yeah, weird. Um, but then also, like it, I don't, I don't know if I'm so far as to say like this is ridiculous. Don't do it. But like being a thirty plus year old person getting sick and then going and staying with your parents feels weird. Like I can't imagine she's a situation. married, right? Married with a kid, like yeah. an infant child. That means sick mom and infant child pack up in the car and go stay with mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, when she's sick. Yeah. I think what? Bo- I think both weird. these dudes need to need to tighten up on their job. Right? Like one, the long travel distance. Travel husband? Yeah, the travel. Like, here's the thing. is like, can you make a living traveling for work? Of course you can. Right? Unless it negatively affects your family and then you need to quit. And then you need to find a job that does not do that. Yeah. Some families can work that way and some can't. And, like, it's not a good or bad on the wife whether that can work or not or good or bad on the right. husband. It's just a fact, right? If your family can tolerate that and it's a lifestyle that, that, that both parents can deal with, then, uh, yeah, that's fine. You can have a job that way. But if, if like, your wife can't, it's not her fault. I mean, it depends. But, like, most, most of the time, like, your dynamic that you agreed to marry into, right. like, she didn't sign up to be a single parent her whole life. And if she's not one of those gals that can tolerate that, then you need to quit. You, you need to find a job at home. If it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, he here's the thing. He's in a rough spot because he's probably over the drama. Right? The closer you are, the re- the more you're like the fifth time, sixth time you someone's got an emergency in, you know, three months and like it's never actually an emergency. They've like overplayed their hand about it. Like it's 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 boy who cried wolf type of stuff. It's very difficult to discern real emergencies from people who treat emergencies like as if emergent things are happening all the time. Things that normal people are just like dealing with. And so, like, uh, and then you don't know, it, it, it puts people in a very rough position because, like, the time that you say, look, I'm not going to rush because this has never been a real emergency, there's always a risk that something big has happened, and now you're the jerk who didn't go do the thing. Right. Okay? And so, like, that's why the brother's going to go. And But if the, the husband gets closer to that stuff, he starts to go, look, I've seen this a million times. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So he's in a rough spot, though, because, like, what could be legitimate, which is he's spending too much time away from his home for his job— also may not actually be a problem at all except for she's turning it into one uh or he frankly just doesn't want to be around no he he had had a kid he doesn't have a choice he's gonna have to go try to fix this but like he's in a tough spot i think you need to acknowledge he's in a tough spot yeah i agree i agree and as far as the as far as the husband is concerned or the fiance um yeah he's gonna have to get some boundaries set up uh like those things like there there can be reasonable interactions here but like um you you don't get to let someone else control your marriage, right? right? And so, like, if you got to set up boundaries, you need to set them, and you need to do it. And so, like, uh, you can always be on the hook for some emergencies if there's emergencies going around. But like, uh, I, I've I've told people before, 
um, one of the things that's a, a nice boundary to put in place is like, you don't get my attention when you call, right? So like, you're always going to voicemail or I don't have to look at your text message right away. That way, the emergency thing starts to float to the back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to pick up the phone call in a panic every time you call if more than likely it's an it's it's not an emergency. I'll listen to the voicemail, and then if I need to call you back, maybe I will. But like that, that's a fair boundary to set up uh, for folks who do that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, last one. Okay. You're live from the path? I dated a dude long distance for eight months. Whenever he was in my state for work, I'd go see him. Two months ago, he suddenly ghosted me. Two days prior to that, everything was fine. We texted and had a wonderful phone conversation. I'm at a loss. At first, I was sad about it, but now I'm angry. I want answers, which I know I probably won't get. What do you think happened? Everything was not <laughs> fine on that phone call or those text messages. Mm-hmm. It was, is super easy to fake that. When I was in, when he was in my state, I went and saw him. There's, I mean, this this could go from very innocent to very rough. Like, there's a chance you were not the only one. And you were just Indiana. Yeah. Like, you legit may have been saved in said phone as Ohio. Like, you're just saying. It could be that things were going great and then things just got rough and it's way easier, especially for an out-of-state boyfriend, to just ghost and just go, ah, like, whatever. If you meant something, I can't imagine what you would have to, like, not mean to somebody for them to just be like, okay, I'm never speaking to that person again. Bye! So, the text message and the phone call that you think was great two days prior to the ghosting was not nearly as great as you think it was. Yeah, yeah. The Either fact that or maybe a new girlfriend or an old girlfriend popped back up that you never knew about. Your only connection with him is is when he was in your state for work, you went and saw him. Yeah. yeah not like there a few months. Yeah, check his to see wife if he's found got out. multiple Facebooks. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, wife yeah. found out he's got kids. <laughs> like, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you just got done a, a, a great favor, friend. You found each other on Tinder or FarmersOnly.com. He done got got me. <laughs> Persian uh, wife finder. We have. Do we have any other recommend? Like the question was, what do you think happened? Buva insists that uh, Dan piles on and says the wife found out what was up, and now that's it. It's Could done. Be a dope. sister has an emergency. You, you <laughs> here's the deal. I've, life sucks, and you were prob- probably a travel flame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it whether it's a wife, whether he moved on to somebody else in Indiana, I, either way, uh, you're probably best. Uh, you're best to be rid of him and to keep yourself out of said situations going forward. And that's here's the deal. Humanly, that sucks. Like if you thought something was there that just flat out wasn't, and then no closure whatsoever, it's just gone. I can, that it, that's awful, well, and I'm sorry. We could be really nice to say it was a work phone, and he got fired, and so he doesn't have access to her number anymore. Yeah, we can we can exist in that world if we want to. Yeah. Regardless, it still that. hurts. Actually, that's probably exactly the the reasoning that got her in trouble, right? I feel like she had to have ignored like a bunch of facts. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. hey, maybe maybe I should I could fly you out. You could come stay at my place or whatever, right? All right. Like, hey, yep. We should we should uh, I don't know Zoom chat. I don't know anything besides hey I text you a phone call once in a while and then that's it. If I happen to come back, I might go visit you. There's just so much gray area for some rough stuff to happen. Yeah, it's Regardless, not. I'm sorry that happened. Uh, I, I think that, that right now uh, the closure you're looking for probably isn't going to happen. And so I think the thing that you should really do is is figure out how to move on from here. Um, build yourself up, grow yourself up so that you're the better the next time that you're, you're uh, uh, approaching. And keep how in long, mind, you might be a little naive. How long did this say this went on? Eight months? Yeah. Eight yeah. months. That's quite a bit of time. But eight months traveling? Like just showing up every couple, couple of months—that's nothing month? to do. Yeah, how yeah. Whenever he was in my state for work, I'd go see him. 
Yeah. Not I mean, he would come see me. Cut trail. Right. Cut I'd go trail. stay at the Motel 6 in Raleigh when he was there. Yeah. That's a dump. Segular says, <laughs> long, distance, long distance guy may have met another woman and ghosted you because he wasn't man enough to be upfront about it. Another possibility is that he was never available in the first place. This is why long distance relationships can be risky unless you know the person well and why it's a safer bet to focus on someone local. That's a weird thing. That's a weird thing to like yeah. focus on. I, yeah. I hear people Stay say in that. Zip code. It's less likely all to the get time, cheated on. All the time in the bar. Hey, man, uh, I'm attracted to you. Are you local? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where do you reside? <laughs> if I were to try to call your phone, what would be the area code? <laughs> all right, you're listening to Live from the Path. Uh, hey, thanks for hanging out with us on uh, show 500 and a half. Uh, very much appreciate you. Uh, no joke. Thank you guys so much for, for listening to Live from the Path. We. Uh, really, really do appreciate it, um, and so um, yep, just, just thank you. Um, if you got any um, anything for us regarding the show, make sure you hit up that complaint line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Call or text. We would love to hear from you, uh, and we hope to see you next week on a legit uh, full numbered show. Hopefully five zero one. I think the Silver Soldiers coming in. Okay, sweet. It'd be good to good to have them back. Oh, yeah. right on. All right. In the All meantime, right. be faithful to the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to. Live in the past.